0: Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans.
1: And I'm Rob, Karen. Very exciting. Very exciting. We have a brand new sponsor to the Major League Eventing podcast. So we would like to introduce our brand new sponsor. Mm-hmm. They have a product that every horse owner should and farm owner should yeah, have. Definitely. So we'd like to welcome to the show and welcome to the Major League Eventing family, the EMO equine insurance agency and today karen mm-hmm. we have from the agency talking with us we have two, two. representatives from emo we have Lindsay williamson and stephanie dean God, ladies thank welcome to the show welcome
2: thank you we are so happy to be here awesome. thank you yeah. happy to be here
1: we're super super happy yeah we, super happy karen karen we yes you met Lindsay. yes shopping insurance yes did you not
0: yes i did so
1: you have a personal relationship with lindsey
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let me tell you Lindsay, when uh when karen got done talking to you i she had a, like a girl crush or something <laughs> 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 she, all i know all i heard was how great lindsey yeah, is oh, awesome the best. <laughs> i mean
0: you, you were great i mean I, I i went around to different insurance agencies and and you know like besides emo having the best coverage and and prices i mean just just you alone i mean that that's what definitely sold us yeah
1: Oh, trust were, me. Were, what a feeling awesome. <laughs> 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 that was wonderful. Wonderful. So, so while we're on the subject of, of uh, let's, um, we always like to get to know people Karen, mm-hmm. right, yes, on the do. show. So what do you say before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of learning about the EMO, uh, e- equine insurance agency, what do you say we learn a little bit about you ladies individually? So Lindsay, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and if you have like an equestrian background?
3: I do. Yeah, absolutely. So I our office is here in Warrenton, Virginia. I grew up on a horse farm just a little bit south of there in um, Culpeper, Virginia, where my parents are um, the professionals. They have a boarding and training facility down there in Culpeper where they mostly focus on um, the fox hunters here in Central Virginia. We do that really well. So (laughs) I was lucky enough to grow up on the back of a horse, usually out in the hunt field. So it was a pretty fabulous way to grow up in the horse industry, getting to be a part of... Um, the the hunt community, which led into um, the racehorse community here in Virginia, which led into the showhorse horse community here, um, which kind of introduced me to a lot of pretty fabulous avenues, you know, different ways that the horse industry works and introduced me pretty quickly to the fact that... Um, that I wanted to be involved in the industry as a professional, um, not as a professional rider. (laughs) I knew pretty early on that the horse uh, selling horses was not going to be what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to work with horse people. And so that sent me down to, um, Virginia Tech where I got my degree in animal and poultry sciences and I like to tell people I got an additional degree in intercollegiate horse show association. I <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time traveling with the um, IHSA team as the manager and captain of the the hunter team which led me to riding on the western team and the dressage team and <laughs> everything else that the intercollegiate association had to offer. Um thinking that I was going to be a responsible adult and get out uh, with a degree and not ride horses for a little while. But the the involvement with the IHSA led me to a pretty cool opportunity to go and train horses in Europe. So I changed my ran away and trained horse- show jumpers in Europe for a little while just to get that out of my system. Because at 21, it's the best time to think that riding 10 horses a day is, you know, the only way to live.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and then I came back to the United States and decided to use that degree. And here I am today selling equine insurance instead of selling show jumpers.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know uh that uh, selling horses is not is not for the uh the the faint of heart no no definitely
0: yeah.
3: No, I, it wasn't too emotional for me, really. It was just that it was, I was too much a perfectionist. I didn't want to let them go until I felt like they were all the way to where they needed to be. And, and that's a hard way to pay your bills. And that's, yeah. And, and yeah. that's never, they're yeah. always
1: uh, learning in school. And so that's for sure. And do you still exactly. currently write? Do you still currently write or? or I or, do. Or? Oh,
3: cool. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I've got a, um, a very cool little horse I just got off... Well, he's not little. I got a, a big horse that I <laughs> off the track in Charlestown, West Virginia, just a couple of months ago. And having a lot of fun with him trying to figure out what his next career is going to be. Very oh, cool. Very cool. He's already told me it's not going to be in the hunt field. So we know he's not going to be a hunt horse. We're trying to show horse bang for a little while. And um, we'll see if we can... We can get around to eventing. So far, cross-country schooling has gone well. We haven't quite figured out the the fancy prancing stuff. So I'm not <laughs> sure eventing is in his immediate future,
0: but uh, I'm still hoping. I'm uh, still hoping. Uh, we well, uh, got our fingers awesome.
1: crossed for that oh, for sure. <laughs> so,
0: Stephanie, can you tell us about yourself? I
2: um, do not have nearly as great of a story as Lindsay, Um, but I did grow, I did grow up riding myself. Um, And then of course, for me, it just, um, life took another path and I ended up meeting my husband and have two great kids and um, riding just took a little backseat to that. Um, But I have enjoyed horses my entire life and I think I always will. Um, It's just something that I'm passionate about and that's how I got here and doing what I'm doing.
1: Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Well, hopefully, hopefully she gets back <laughs> into <it>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm working on it. Don't oh, worry. God. I'm going to get her there. <laughs> awesome. And hopefully uh,
1: it's in the eventing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us the history of EMO and how it came to be?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the EMO was founded by Ernie Orr, Ernie M. Orr, actually, which is where EMO comes from. Um, in 1983, he was a, a professional here, and he, actually he still is. Their farm is still here in Warrington. Um, he was an equine professional here that w- had a lot of some of the the best racehorses in in the country at the time, um, as well as some of the top show horses, all the, the – you still see his wife, Betty or at all the top-rated shows um, on with Ernie right there in the warm-up ring, <laughs> setting the jumps for her. Wow. Um, but Ernie and, and Betty started the, um, the EMO agency back in the early 80s to um, provide a service for those racehorses and show horses that were really starting to establish um, this whole different – financial investment opportunity for horse people um, at that time and so they started the equine insurance agency here um, right in the middle of horse country to be able to um kind of transfer some of that that risk for the the horse people who were looking at, at to protect their investments
1: wow that's awesome yeah what a better! I can't think of a better place than in, right in Virginia. Yeah, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. Good spot to stay. Really, really cool. So, part of the
1: reason Karen, we, we think have, so what, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are wonderful. So, part of the reason why we have both Lindsay and Stephanie on the show is because they're each experts in their own field. Mm-hmm. So, um, Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about you know your side of what EMO offers and what type of services e- EMO offers?
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I work in the Equine Mortality Department, which means that we take care of the individual horses. So we do policies we're like the life insurance and the medical insurance side of horse insurance.
1: Gotcha. And can you just explain a little bit about the difference between the, the mortality and the and like the health coverage, like the life mm-hmm. and the health?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the mortality coverage is where we write, so that's where we start all of the policies over on my side of the office, where we start these coverages with um, the life insurance policy that we can write for a horse from 24 hours old. You know, we can insure your brand new baby all the way up to your 25 year old. You know, we can insure anywhere in between um, for that life insurance policy depending on your financial investment. horse. So that means that if you have a recent purchase or a baby, a homebred that you've bred, um, we can insure that horse for whatever your initial investment is, which is where sometimes I get people that can, you know, they, for perfect example is my baby, OTTB, that I just bought off the track. He's worth a million dollars to me. I'm having so much fun in him. (laughs) But the day that I purchased him uh, at Charlestown for $2,000, that was all of the financial investment that I had in him. So at that point, even though he was worth a million dollars to me, it has, my financial investment in him was only $2,000. Now, as we've increased his training and increased his education, that has certainly increased over time. Um, and so we can increase their mortality value or their the life insurance portion of their coverage as that horse's um life changes, you know, as their, their talents and their successes continue to evolve, um, their, their financial, your financial investment and their financial worth can, can increase as well. Um, and so that mortality coverage is kind of where we start. And then we can have, you know, depending on what people's financial, Risk is, you know, we have some people that are more worried about that initial purchase price. You know, if you're going to be importing a horse from Ireland, for example, that's already going around, you know, the, getting ready for its first four-star, that initial writing the check, that six-figure check is going to certainly be a big issue for you. Um, For somebody like me that got the $2,000 horse off the track, um, that's not necessarily the biggest uh, risk factor for me. What I'm more worried about is getting him home and, I get him off the trailer, and he's not at the rac- racetrack anymore, and he runs through a fence. Or he gets stressed because he's not at the track anymore, and he colics. So that's going to be the next step in in what I can offer in the mortality department, which is where the, the medical coverage comes in. And so we can write policies, uh, write endorsements onto those mortality policies that can offer coverage for colic surgeries can offer coverage for we call it major medical or veterinary services which is where we can reimburse people for their their medical their veterinary bills for any accidents illnesses injuries diseases things like that
1: wow
0: that's wow. awesome yeah that is really cool. so
1: in our case we had a karen was dealing with you Lindsay, mm-hmm. for uh uh mm-hmm. You know, for for like a a horse that's owned by someone else that was like in a lease agreement, essentially, mm-hmm. and yeah, which okay. is so common. And 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 even if the the person you're leasing it from doesn't require it, you should probably get
0: it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly recommend it just so that everybody is protected and everybody is on the same page and nobody gets sued.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, for
1: sure, for sure. And then the liability side, Stephanie, that's your side of the house. Can you tell us a little bit what liability uh, what does that mean and and who does that protect?
2: Yes, liability um on my side of things can run from your um, liability to cover your personally owned horse in the backyard. Um, a we can basically, which would basically protect for bodily and in, in, bodily injury and property damage that that horse might cause to someone else. Um, we can. Go all the way up to a you know a full blown operation um, for a professional um, horse person who has many different kinds of operations going on. Whether it's the liability to cover their horses, maybe boarding operations or um, horse shows, different kinds of things along those lines. Uh, we also can do liability for horse shows, all the way to different kinds of farms throughout the country as well. Um, so it just kind of depends on the need and what you would be looking for, and which way would we we would be able to go with you.
1: Gotcha. So that that person decides to stop on the road and and thinks it's going to be fun mm-hmm. to feed your horse carrots, and then your horse bites little <laughs> right. little Susie, and That's then they try like- to sue you. <laughs> That's when. That's, that's when we ex- need
3: to talk to Stephanie. That's exactly right.
2: <laughs> that's exactly
3: right. Exactly,
2: because uh, we're also trying to help protect you from being sued as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. that uh, I, I can definitely see where that's very, yes. <laughs> very important stuff. Yeah. here. someone? So if someone's having um, going to host uh, an event or or a show of some sort, they just call you up, and then w- <laughs> what type of things do you guys look at for that? Is it like how many people are coming, or like what would be? Uh, you know, uh, some criteria that people have to have to to get insurance for hosting a horse show.
2: Absolutely. What we would need to know is the location of the show, um, the estimated number of participants, and the esti- estimated number of spectators. Um, generally, sometimes they can be just a one-time event that we're able to do. Um, some of our insureds host many events throughout the year. Um, so, depending on the frequency and how often your doing a show or hosting a show would be how we could do the liability for you so it could be a one-time event um or it can be multiple shows throughout the year
0: hmm. gotcha that's pretty yeah cool. that's good to know <laughs> and
1: and you ladies amo amo does just the the horses and the liability of the horses does it do the farm property and equipment at all is that part of what you guys do or, or not really
2: Yes, absolutely. We can certainly do the farms as well. Um, The farms can include the farm property. It can include your equipment. The other hot topic items are tack items. A lot of our insureds will travel to and from horse shows and things like that. We're able to actually insure your tack items underneath of a farm policy. Um, some carriers actually that we deal with will also let us do, um, even if you don't own your own farm, but maybe you have a little bit of an exposure as a trainer or provide lessons. Some um, of our carriers will let us also insure your TAC items under those policies as well. Um, a lot of times we see where you'll be at a show and you'll have your saddle sitting on the fence or at the trailer and it yeah. ends up walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, those big ticket items are definitely something that we can make sure to cover for you for.
1: Gotcha. And you mentioned if you're, mm-hmm. someone was a, a trainer, um, can you explain what is the like the liability that a trainer uh, you know, uh, the, the, the risk that they're under, if they're like, let's say they come to other people's farms. Is there, a, is, are they liable in some way? And should they be insured if they're like a traveling trainer, or if they get a horse shows or how does that all work?
2: Yes, absolutely. We would definitely recommend anybody who doesn't have their own insurance or is unsure of, maybe if they're covered at a barn location while they're there, it's good to have a conversation with that person, whether it's the barn owner um, or the person who is leasing the barn, to have that conversation to make sure that you're properly covered. Um, if not, and it's something where you're kind of less standing on what you need to do, definitely contact an agent. Um, And what the the questions would be is what are your planned operations, um, what you're planning on doing, whether it's you're kind of freelancing around going to different locations, or maybe if you have a set location where you're constantly having the same people come to that one location. Um, What we would definitely recommend is also that you have a release waiver, signed by anybody who's coming to take a lesson from you. What that helps with is a kind of a first defense mechanism. Um, Liability is in place specifically for those type of incidences where somebody's injured. They come back and try to sue you due to their injuries. That release waiver is definitely important to have on file and updated each year um, so that, you know, it outlines everything. Sometimes it can be state specific on the statutes that are required um, to be included in those types of things. Um, but the liability will help pay for your defense if somebody were to bring suit against you. Um, and if it did get to the point where it was a monetary payout as well, in a settlement of some sorts, the liability would also help pay for that as well.
1: Man, that liability. Yeah. Don't leave home without yeah, it. That's
0: right. Sure. Yeah.
2: And the,
1: now the territories that you guys cover, are you uh, just in Virginia or are you? Uh,
3: oh, no. We're, we're, no we're, we're, we are everywhere oh, oh. within the continental United States. Oh. So we can take care of you anywhere within the U.S. Um, if, you, if you live anywhere in the United States, except for Alaska and Hawaii, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> there aren't quite enough vet schools and surgical hospitals um, for us to be able to write more tests coverage in, in alaska or hawaii yet but anywhere else in the u.s um we can we can take care of your horses we can take care of you um and even if you're importing or exporting horse you know if you've got an upper level horse that will be just is on its way back from from england right now <laughs> running around the four stars oh sorry five five stars, five stars. now yeah <laughs> um, that's right. It's a five-star event now. Um, we can actually take care of that territory extension as long as your horse is based primarily in the United States. Oh, or if you cool. go over to Ireland oh, and, and you buy a horse today, and but it's going to take a couple of weeks to get it on a plane and get it home, we can we can cover them over there as long as they're wow. coming over here eventually.
1: A territory extension. Wow. That's a, the, that's a good, good word. <laughs> yeah, that now, is. Now, so if oh. someone is, let's say, going overseas, or if they're going to just... Canada, not not like just Canada, but you know, they're going out of the country. Do they have to let, <laughs> do, do we have to let you know? Or is that something that's just kind of assumed that, okay, the horse is stable here, it was at a show, it got injured in transit or at the show out of the country? Or should people call and let you know that the horse is leaving the country?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. That is where um, having that relationship with your agent is so important. If that is something that you guys have discussed at the beginning of the policy term where you know that they are going to be going to Canada, for example, then that will be part of your policy already. If it's something unexpected that, you know, we just got this great opportunity and he's getting on a plane tomorrow and and going on a long road trip, then you should probably check in with your agent and make sure that that is included in the policy because everything is, you know each one of these policies is written so specifically for exactly your situation and, and for what your needs are at that time. And the policy is written for a whole year. So lots of things can change mm-hmm. in that year. So if something fun like that comes up and you're going to get your horse on an airplane soon, just give your agent a call and double check. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's it really doesn't,
1: sound to know. doesn't sound like it's too big a problem though. It just might be a little bit of...
3: Oh, no! Yeah, yep. they just might have to put that depending on who the underwriter is and depending on what the policy says, um, they might have to add that territory extension outside of the United States, but um, that'll be case-by-case specific. This
1: is yeah. fantastic. Yeah,
0: this is great information. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you
1: know, it's so nice. It's it's really great talking to you two, Stephanie and Lindsay. Like, uh, you know, I definitely understand why Karen was so, you know, happy dealing with you guys because you guys have just all the oh. answers and you're just easy to answer and talk to and Insurance is scary. It is, you know. First off, you're you're getting this horse, and you're like, "Oh no, I I I can barely afford a horse. Now, can I? How do I afford to insure it?" And you know, really, it's it's really not that unreasonable. No, it's not. It really isn't. It's not
3: supposed to be scary. (laughs) Yeah. If you have a good relationship with your agent, um, we're supposed to take that the confusion and and the scary part away. Um, I say one of my my favorite parts about this job is I get to talk to everybody on on one of their, the best days of their life. They've just purchased that horse. They need to get a policy started. And then I'm here to hold their hand on, on the worst day when that horse is sick. So we are here to talk you through that process. You know, we understand exactly what all that legally says, and we're here to answer every single one of your questions. So that is, you know, when you get that big packet of, you know, that 100-page packet with all of the policy information in it. I, I want. We want everybody to read it, but I have lots of clients that read it on the phone with me on the other line. Wow. Saying, what exactly does this say? Why does it say that? And what does that mean? And that is my job. Please let me do my job and let me take the scary and the intimidating part away from that.
1: Gotcha. And if so, so, and just just this pot on my head, Karen. But if someone had a, um, let's say, a colic emergency, and they had the colic insurance mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and the horse sure. needed to go in and get rushed in for surgery. And it's a uh, Saturday at midnight, mm-hmm. your office is closed. Like, how does that work? What, what is the, can you just tell us like how yeah, that
3: we- works? Yeah, we have a 24-hour claims hotline. So there is, if the office, if it's not during office hours, um, I don't need to be on everybody's speed dial. But I love it when the clients have us on speed dial. But they need to have the the claims uh, department on speed dial as well. So oh. if it's not between eight and five here on the East Coast, they can get a hold of anybody at any time. Um, call your vet first. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> call the vet first. But, uh, if you want to know, you know we we want to talk to you as early as possible so that we can let you know so that we can be kept up to date and and we can be here to support you and let you know that that we can help in any way and so you can get a hold of us at any time.
0: Perfect. Perfect. That's yes. wonderful.
1: Yeah. To know. So, so that's uh that's uh I'm just thinking of all the, I mean gosh I'm such a nervous Nelly I think of you know the horses that cut themselves whatever and i guess it's the same thing for all of them Mm -hmm. call call the vet then call you guys and let you know what's going on so yep yeah
3: exactly exactly awesome we want to know because if we don't know we can't help right so as soon as we know then we're more likely to be able to help
0: that's fantastic yeah so how can our listeners um contact emo and request a quote Oh yeah, we would love to help them with that. So if these are, um, if
3: they want to go visit our website and, and learn a little bit more about us, it's www.rideemo.com. So they can check out our website at any time. If they want to give us a call here at the office for 540-347- three five five two and ask for lindsey if you want to talk about your horse or ask for stephanie dean if you want to talk about your farm or your liability coverage oh
1: that's fantastic yeah karen do we have the best sponsors or what we do this is fantastic it's it's, the it's it is so wonderful <laughs> we're so thankful that um you know we, we try to make sure that everyone that we work with are, are quality good people karen mm-hmm. and uh the emo equine insurance agency karen is just first class the best and uh man as soon as we started dealing with you guys we were just like you know what karen we need to reach out to these guys because these are the type of people that we want to you know bring to our audience so thank you so much for sponsoring us and uh we're just so excited so excited to have you so excited we
3: are too awesome we're excited to be a part of the family you guys are doing a really cool thing and and reaching a really cool group of people and we want to be a part of it
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at majorleakeventing.com. Cheers!